Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hello, all you passionate and prosperous people. I'm going to be offering a free workshop next week based on one of our most popular episodes, Six Figures is Just a Math Problem. But here's the thing. I had COVID and it slowed me down a little in every way, my body and my brain. So I don't have an official way of telling you right now in advance when I'm recording this episode for how you can register. It's going to be on Wednesday, February 16th from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. So here's what I want you to do. If you know that you want to be with me live on Zoom, where I am going to walk you through my process so that you can plan ahead and create your personal roadmap to making money in your business, mark your calendar, so hold the date and time, and then make sure you're on my email list, which you can do by going to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com, all one word, or by sending me an email, stacy at stacybrassrussell.com, and asking me to do it for you. I'll be sending out the info and the registration details in the next few days. You'll also be able to find that information for how to reach me or where to sign up for my email list in the show notes. And there are a few spots left for Out of Overwhelm and Into Action. And I mean a few. I'm not exaggerating. I have a few calls scheduled with amazing women that I think are going to sign up. So for real, there are only about three or four spots left. If you are secretly wishing that you could set yourself up for massive success by coming into this program, which that's what you would be doing, reach out to me and we can jump on a call and discuss it. And now sit back relax, and enjoy episode 15 of Passionate and Prosperous. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So, full disclosure, before we dive in, I have COVID. (laughs) So I don't have a really bad case of COVID. I'm really lucky. And considering that my husband and I never go anywhere, we do take calculated risks, one of them being going out to dinner, which is the only thing that we do. Um, But considering all that, it does feel a little bit crazy that we got COVID, but we did. We both have COVID. And that is why you may hear that my voice is a little bit hoarse and I'm a little bit congested. But I just want to first of all say that I am really feeling great. I did not get a bad case of COVID. I'm, I was fully vaccinated and boosted and, um, and I feel really lucky. 
So the interesting thing is I usually record on Monday nights and this past Monday. So you'll be listening to this episode, you know, in a couple of weeks. Um, right now it's January 26th while I'm recording 2022. Um, and you'll hear this sometime in, in early February. Um, but I usually record with my producer on Monday nights. That's like our standing recording date. And this past Monday was right when I was coming down. I didn't even um, have a positive test yet, but I I knew because my husband was already positive and I was like, I'm getting it. So on Monday, I had like this, you know, this uncomfortable, I call it, I call it like this irritating throat cough. <laughs> and so I opted not to record an episode on Monday just because I didn't really feel up to it. But we decided to schedule for today and my producer, Will, was really, really great about saying, like, listen, listen to your body. We don't, you know, like, we're good. We have a couple of episodes, um, you know, so, you know, if you're not up to it, we don't have to do it. And I was like, no, I get it. Like, let's check in. And if I'm up to it, I'm up to it, you know. So cut to today. I do feel so much better. And I'm really congested, you know, and I do have this, like, kind of, you know, this, like, kind of hoarse voice. You can just hear that something's going on. Um, and so, uh, you know, we had an exchange today about recording tonight and, you know, even, even then Will was like, you know, listen to your body and everybody, I love the idea of listening to your body. I have been teaching yoga for 20 years. I've been a performer. I've had to like manage my voice. That's first of all, as like a singer and a performer, since I can remember. And the way I started my whole life of being a performer was in dance, you know? So, um, I'm a huge advocate for listening to your body and body awareness and not doing things when you're not, you know, up for it and not pushing yourself and all of that. Right. But the interesting thing is that I felt good, but I did have this moment where I was like, but, you know, I don't know if I should record because of how I sound, right? And this, like, you know, this performer in me, this, the singer, the, the, you know, the, the perfectionist, like that part of me for a moment, I was like, well, I don't know if I should show up and do an episode and have everybody hear me, you know, as if like you, you were all going to be thinking, oh, Stacy Brass Russell can get sick. She can have congestion, you know? So there was this moment where, you know, I, I, I checked in and I was like, I don't know. Do you think it's okay? And then I thought, what am I talking about? Like, of course I should, I should record. Like, of course I'm going to sound fine. I mean, if I am in pain or uncomfortable and my voice is hoarse, you know, I'm not going to do it. But otherwise, you know, why shouldn't I do my episode? Like I was, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, you know, about recording. I love making the podcast. And when I was messaging, you know, back to, to my producer, I, I said, you know, like, that's how I roll. Like, I show up. And I thought, oh, my God, what a great opportunity <laughs> for me to talk about showing up on the show. Um, because this is something that I actually feel really passionate about. So uh, for a passionate and prosperous show, it's really important to me that I'm going to talk about the things that I feel really passionate about. And I feel really passionate about showing up. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I want to give another disclaimer before we dive in that when I'm referencing showing up and everything that we're going to be talking about today, I want you to know, and I'll probably say this many times because I'll probably be really concerned with you not getting the wrong idea, that I definitely don't think 
showing up means, you know, when you're deathly ill, when, when you should be in bed, when you're going to be putting other people at risk or in danger. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about almost more of an energetic version of showing up, like the importance of being able to show up. And the reason why this is such an important, great topic for you, for the show, for those of you who are here to learn and be inspired and want to get into, you know, the energetics of building passionate and prosperous lives and businesses, which is why you're here, okay, is because when you are building your passionate and prosperous life and business and you are a coach, a creative a service-driven, service-oriented entrepreneur, when you're a professional, when you're a helper, when you're a healer, when you're a teacher, when you're a mentor, and even when you're a performer, you're the goods. You're the service. You're the provider. And it's kind of hard to call in sick. So it's definitely one of the interesting aspects of, you know, not just entrepreneurship, because it's a, it's a big aspect of entrepreneurship, Right. But also, we are a subset of entrepreneurship because we're not just entrepreneurs, right? Like, meaning we're not selling, like, we're not just selling a product or or having something that could happen technically without us, but we're a special kind of entrepreneur or we're a special kind of us. And that's because the work that we do requires us. We're the key essential players of our work. And when people are working with you, they're they're choosing you to work with. They're learning from you for a reason. They're paying or investing to get to work with you. And that's a huge responsibility. It's a lot of pressure, right? So this idea of showing up is not to like, it's not to like make you feel like icky and like, oh no, like I don't want this pressure of like having to show up no matter what. It's actually like I'm hoping that you're going to hear all of this as kind of like a rallying call, you know, as sort of like a like I'm hoping by the end of this episode, you're going to be feeling like super excited about the idea that, you know, that you are you are the thing in your passionate and prosperous business. And so, you know, knowing what it means to be able to like figure out when to show up and, and and when to not show up, right, is 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 something worth looking at. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, all right? So, you know, I just want to, when I was preparing for this episode and I was thinking about like, well, how do I want to frame this? What do I want to say? This really interesting thing came up for me, which is that my career, and you've heard this story before that I was in Annie um, when I was 10. I was in Annie from when I was 10 till I was 12. Um, but uh, the story that I don't think you know, or I don't think I got into any of the details of that experience, is that when I was first cast in Annie, when I first got the part, what I was cast to be was what they call a swing, So I don't know if you know what a swing is. You probably know what an understudy is, okay? So an understudy is usually a person who understudies like maybe like one or two like parts in a show. And then a swing is what is referred to or is is the part or the role that's referred to as as someone who actually swings between many roles. So very often in a show – 
the the ensemble, like if there's a chorus in a show and there's, you know, like six people that play the chorus, there's a swing who knows all six of those parts and they can swing into any of those roles at a moment's notice if somebody calls out sick, right? And so in Annie, just give you a tiny little, tiny little recap if you're not familiar, although it's hard to imagine you're not familiar with Annie, that in Annie, there's an Annie and there are six orphans, right? So there are six different orphan parts plus Annie. And when I was in the show, when I first got cast in the show, I got cast to be the understudy slash swing for those six orphans. So as a 10-year-old, my job was to know all of those parts, <laughs> all the different parts, the different blocking, staging, the different lines, the different parts of the songs, the singing, everything different for each of those different individual orphans. And um, and so when I was thinking about showing up, I was thinking, you know, back, oh my God, like my whole life, right, has been a, some form of showing up. Because when you're in show business, right? When you're a performer um, and you get the part, the whole point is that you're the person who's supposed to be playing the role, right? And then of course things happen. People do get sick. Um, people do have to miss miss shows and someone gets to go on, right? And the really unfortunate thing is that very often when someone gets to a show and they were expecting, now this didn't happen with the orphans because, you know, the orphans, it's not like people were coming specifically because they knew the different orphans' names. So if I was playing an orphan when I was the understudy, the audience wasn't disappointed. They weren't thinking, what? We thought we were going to see so-and-so as, you know, as as Molly or as, you know, Duffy or Pepper. <laughs> we're really bummed that it's Stacy. at the time it was Stacy Lynn Brass. Um, but anyway... But if someone got to the theater and the, 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 the girl playing Annie wasn't on, the audience would be really disappointed, right? So there's definitely, there's definitely a thing about like when the person you think that you are going to be seeing or working with is not there, you know that there's some disappointment there. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I realized when I was getting ready for like this, you know, to to talk to you about showing up, I was like, oh my God, my whole life, I have been so aware of like showing up, you know, of like showing up, first of all, being able to show up as that understudy and then also knowing the responsibility because then I was an orphan, you know, I was an orphan. And when you are the part if you have to call out sick or you are going to miss a show, like there's a real feeling about that. There's a real feeling about missing the show. You know, even if you're sick and legit, like you can't go, there's always this feeling of like, oh my God, I shouldn't be missing the show. I shouldn't be missing the show. And so I was thinking about the fact that for a lot of my life, not missing the show has been like a theme. And that could contribute to like where I am now and what I'm going to talk with you more about. But I wanted to give you a little bit of this history because then the other interesting thing is that the other Broadway show that I was in in my life, which was then when I was 20, was Fiddler on the Roof. And when I got cast in Fiddler on the Roof, I got cast to be in the show, in the chorus, as the understudy for one of the daughters, Chava, in the show. So my second Broadway show, and only other Broadway show that I was in, I was also an understudy. So I also had this relationship with, you know, first of all, knowing that the person whose role it is 
doesn't want to miss the show, <laughs> right? Does not want to not show up. And then my job was to be able to show up, right? When the other person couldn't show up. So I've always been really, really aware of that whole dynamic, that whole relationship of like, the feeling of not wanting to miss, not wanting to not show up, the feeling of responsibility, right? Like when you're in a Broadway show, when you're playing a part, and not just a Broadway show, but I mean, I've been in tons of other things, tons of other things, like from Broadway to like the dance recitals that I was in when I was a kid or the camp. I went to a performing arts sleepaway camp, you know, showing up there was a big deal too. Um, That when you are the part, the role when you're the feature, when like people are expecting you, it's a huge, it's a huge obligation and it's a big pressure. And you sometimes have to show up even when the circumstances are not 100% perfect, right? So even if, and and I'm just going to tell you like in Annie, especially, I mean, we were like little, we were little kids and we were doing eight shows a week Okay, this was like before there were any labor laws, before there were any child labor laws about Broadway. Um, we just did eight shows a week. I mean, you know, we, I mean, that's a lot. They don't do that anymore. On Broadway, kids don't do all eight shows. There's usually double casting. Okay, but I digress. So anyway, but we used to lose our voices. We used to be hoarse. We sometimes had to go on voice rest. Sometimes we had to get permission from the conductor to like mouth some of the songs, but if one of the girls, if one of us had like total laryngitis, they would rather that we went on in the show and not sing everything than have to miss the show and disrupt everything by having the understudy go on. So I have grown up and I'm sure some of you listening, or maybe many of you listening, did things when you were growing up where you felt the same thing, where you felt like showing up was was the name of the game, right? And and when you are, um, even like if you're like doing something athletic or you play sports or whatever those things were, um, you might have done some things where it felt like not showing up was not an option and that when things weren't 100% perfect, that you still should show up, <laughs> right? And so I think that was ingrained in me. And I, okay, here's another one of the disclaimers, <laughs> I think there'll be a few disclaimers as we go through this episode. Here's a disclaimer. I am not an advocate for like showing up when you're injured, for example, and like playing or running or dancing or doing yoga on an injury. So that's not showing up. Like I'm not an advocate for that. Okay. So I am an advocate for knowing that there are some times that you should not show up. All right. But what we're talking about here is that there is this, there is this line, there is this interesting and I don't know that it's a line that has an obvious marker. I, I was going to call it a gray area. I don't know if it's a gray area, but I do think that what I'm going to be talking about and what I am talking about, not going to be, what I am talking about is that there is this time where showing up is is a good thing even when things are not 100%, right? So the disclaimer is, not when you should be in bed, not when you're going to hurt yourself, not when you're like injured, not when you're, you know, not when you're going to put other people in jeopardy. Okay. That'll keep using that disclaimer, but that there are times when things are not perfect and you should still show up. So I'm hoping you can make that distinction as we continue talking and that you're not thinking, oh God, Stacy's, you know, Stacy thinks you should do things that are dangerous or hurt yourself. That's not what I'm saying. 
Okay, so, so Broadway shows, understudies, showing up, not wanting to miss a show, having this ingrained, right, in you, and and that that phrase, that thing that you hear people say, like, the show must go on, right? That's a real thing. The show must go on. So then, you know, I start teaching yoga while I was still in show business. So I'm still in show business and I start teaching yoga and I started having the real, the same experience. And that experience was when you're a brand new yoga teacher, right? When you're first starting out, one of the number one, like, ways you can start teaching is you can become a sub, right? You can become a sub teacher. So, you know, when you're trying to get into teaching at a studio or teaching at the gym or whatever, the the it, the entry level is that you're a sub. So when the teacher has to miss class, you know, you go in and you teach. So the really interesting thing was, oh my God, this is no different than show business. When the beloved teacher that everyone loves so much can't teach class and the sub shows up, everyone is really bummed. <laughs> Everybody's like, you know, some people leave, some people show visibly like their disappointment that you're not their teacher. And I experienced that, you know, when I first, first started teaching. And then I became the beloved teacher and I became the teacher that had a following and that people like revolved their whole lives around making it to my class. And then I would feel if I ever had to miss a class or sub out my class or not show up, I would feel horrible. And, you know, not just because, you know, I I was missing the money or because, you know, I, I didn't, you know, like want to miss my class, but mostly because of my students. I would feel guilty. I would feel, I would feel like I was letting everyone down, you know? And so it, there's a repeat, right? A repeat pattern for me in my life of, oh, this is so interesting. I constantly put myself in situations where, you know, I am the, you know, the person that, needs to be there, right? Or I'm going to be letting everybody down. I'm the only one who can do the job. I mean, this is a repetition, okay? Um, and I did it again, right, when I became a coach. Um, I can't, you know, if I have to call out sick from a coaching session, I don't have a replacement. I don't have an understudy in this case. I don't have a sub. So maybe I even up the level of of the of the show upness. But so when I was thinking about putting about putting this together, I was thinking, wow, everything I've ever done in my life has been so dependent on me. It's been requiring me, you know? And even now as a coach and an entrepreneur, the show up part, and it's not even about my clients. Because like if I had to move a client session because I was sick or something, I totally can and would. But this is, the, this is now like where we're going to start talking about like the passionate and prosperous part, the part about like, what we're all trying to do here, which is like build our businesses based on doing the work that we love, using our gifts and our skills. So, you know, I'm always talking to you, knowing that that most of you listening are coaches, are creative entrepreneurs, are service-driven individuals. And part of what we have to do in order to grow our businesses, in order to attract clients, in order to build no like and trust, so all the things that we have to do, right? If you listen to um, the episode a few weeks ago called The System, right, where I was talking about attract, serve, convert, in order to do that, the system, 
you have to show up somewhere, somehow. Like, no one's going to find you. No one's going to just seek you out or uncover you. No one's doing detective work to figure out how they can work with you. So in order for you to attract clients, you have to show up. We all have to show up. We have to be visible. We have to be seen and heard. We have to deliver. We have to put out content. We have to be willing to show up on social media. We have to be willing to, you know, um, do our record our podcast or do whatever it is that we do, right? So this is me and this is you. If you're listening to this and you're building your passion and prosperous business, you probably know that you don't have a business if you don't show up. So I'll say that again. You don't have a business if you don't show up. And there may be a time in the future where there are aspects of your business, and you know I'm always going to talk about this. I'm always going to talk about that our businesses will grow and scale if that is what we want them to do. But you can't scale a business that doesn't first exist. And a service-based business has to exist first with you at its core central, right? And then when it's established, there are other ways for you to expand, grow, scale, and maybe automate and maybe get into ways where you're not always the one who has to be showing up live. But even if you weren't showing up live, to be honest with you, you'd still have to be showing up because you'd still have to be doing something that was drawing and attracting people to your brand, to your business, which is you, right? So there's no way really around this. There's no way around showing up. And showing up looks different for all of us. I gave you a few examples of like me and my life choices. But <laughs> you know, the, the way that I somehow structured my life, which was to have to be showing up from the time I was, you know, eight. <laughs> but maybe you didn't do it quite that way. But in some way, we all, um, at this point, at this point, we all have some version um, of showing up that is required of us right? And so one of the things that's, I think, universal is that we often have to show up even if things are not perfect, even if things don't feel perfect, right? I have a stuffy nose. I'm congested. My voice is, I don't know, maybe it's like a little sexier. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, if I really felt sick, I would not have recorded, right? But there was a moment when I questioned if I should even record the episode having nothing to do with the way I feel, but because I was having a moment of self-consciousness and maybe a little bit of perfectionism, right? And I admit I have I have perfectionism. I definitely know how to work with it. I do not let it hold me back, but I definitely um, am the kind of person who wants things to be done right. I want to be professional. I want things to be high caliber. I want to be well rehearsed. I want to I want to put out top quality. So that may or may not be perfectionism. That may just be that like I have a very high value of exceptionalism. I, I believe that like I can produce exceptional things. And so that I hold myself to that ideal. So maybe it's not all, all perfectionism. But anyway, but because I've been practicing showing up for so long. I was able to coach myself pretty much instantaneously into knowing that that was not a reason to not show up today. So it was easy for me today. I was like one moment of like, should I show up with my stuffy nose? And then literally I was able to be like, oh my God, of course you should. Right. So that was kind of like an instantaneous (laughs) um, self-coaching moment. 
But it really did get me thinking a lot about this topic because life is always going on and there are always going to be things that could get in the way of our showing up, right? And for those of us who do what we do, one of the things, I'm saying those of us who do what we do, I really should put the emphasis on that, one of the things that we have to do is build up our showing up muscle. So again, disclaimer moment. This is not to say that we shouldn't take care of our bodies, listen to our bodies, listen to ourselves, deal with big life issues, take time off when we need to. Yes, I am an advocate for all of that. And I do all of that. All right. (laughs) But the bottom line is that what we're talking about today, right, is something a little different. It's noticing what could make you or me want to not show up right? Like what other people might think or thinking that it's not good enough or that it's not ready or that like, you know, there's something, you know, because I have the stuff knows, like someone's going to listen and go, ew, like who wants to listen to her, you know, and maybe never listen to another episode. (laughs) I don't know, right? But it's important to know the difference between when you literally shouldn't show up, right? When you really shouldn't show up, when something major in life is happening, and in those moments, you have to know, you know what? The world will go on and everyone will live. Every, everyone who's disappointed that you weren't there is going to live, all right? So yes, it's important to know that. And it's important to know when it's just time to rally, to get your shit together, to get over it, right? And to learn how to go into what I call objective observer mode, all right? Knowing how to separate yourself from like those thoughts, you know, and those, those, those things, those, those limiting beliefs, right? And sort of like take a time out from your own thoughts and, and, and show up, right? So I think I've mentioned before that, um, that originally, 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 I thought this was like when I had the download of like, I'm supposed to do a podcast. When the universe told me I was supposed to do a podcast, it was in 2018. And um, the download that came to me was that the podcast was supposed to be called Life is Hard, So What Are You Going to Do About It? And the reason for that was because of something that I had noticed over the course of many years. You know, so, I mean, almost two decades, right? So at that point, it was... um, I don't know, like 17 years, okay, since I had been practicing and then teaching yoga, right? And that gave me the opportunity to, first of all, be so much more aware of myself and my own thoughts, right? I mean, first and foremost, I was practicing yoga before I became a a yoga teacher. And so the practice of yoga uh, was the first thing that kind of, you know, was my first um, sort of, you know, entry into really being like, oh my God, like we get to like, look at our thoughts. We get to look at what we believe. We get to, we get to decide what we believe. We get to change things. We get to notice the meaning that we make of things. Right. And then teaching yoga, um, not only like expanded, uh, you know, infinitely my, my, my knowledge, my scholarship, my experience, my practice, you know, but also, it put me in touch with other people. Now, I obviously was in touch with other people anyway. I mean, I have friends, I have family members, and I've always been a person who everyone came to to talk about stuff. So that's not a new thing. That's like, it's like when I think about the fact that like now what I do for a living as a coach is talk to people and have people come talk to me. Um, 
I, again, I look back and I'm like, oh, well, that's not new. Like, that's kind of who I've always been. Um, and when I was a yoga teacher and I was, a lot of people wanted to take private yoga lessons with me, or then I was eventually a teacher trainer. So I was, you know, I was the mentor to people and I had, you know, a lot of time, one-on-one time with people. And then even just my students in my group classes would always want to come up to me and talk to me after class and tell me stuff. And so I've always been this person that people like wanted to to talk to about stuff. Okay. And what I noticed, because I became a person that, that had so much contact with like the, the general population, a huge spam, spectrum, whatever you want to call it, of people. I got to notice things about how people work. And what I noticed was that there was a huge spectrum out there of resilience and taking action. You have some people who have very little resilience, like, you know, like not really resilient, a little more fragile, a little more um, likely to kind of get overwhelmed and succumb to difficulty and struggle. And then you've got really resilient people who are like, you know, like tough as nails, you know, like the, the like that. And then you've also got this spectrum of action taking. You've got um, people on one end where they're more likely to want to like kind of do all the inner work and kind of contemplate and sort of analyze and 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 sort of be with their feelings and their emotions, but they don't really ever like take an action to make a change or do anything. And then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is like, which are people who are action takers who realize that like, you know, you're never going to have everything lining up perfectly and you got to take action anyway. So I learned that there was this huge spectrum. And what I learned was that I was experiencing that more people were on this end of the spectrum where they had lower resilience and less action taking. I did not find that the norm was that everyone was like resilient and in action. So it's like once you get turned on to something, you're always seeing it, right? You know, like when that thing, when you become aware of something and you're like, now you see it everywhere. And I think that that happened to me at this, some point, you know, when I was teaching yoga and getting to talk to all these people and I started really having this awareness. So, so life is hard. So what are you going to do about it? That title was kind of like about this, about this. It was kind of like, well, you know, there's never going to be a perfect time. Like life is always going to be kind of hard. Like there's always going to be shit that comes up that you were like, you, you know, we're all going to be able to say, even right now, right? I could be like, oh my God, getting COVID. Was, this couldn't be a worse timing. Everything was so perfect and everything was so in alignment. And oh my God, can you believe I got COVID now? So there, all the time there are things like that. Every day, Right? There's never a day where you're like, wow, every single thing is just absolutely flawless and perfect. I feel like everything is in total alignment. What a great, perfect moment to take action. My action feels incredible. I feel no resistance. I feel no obstacles. I feel like everything is just perfect. And every, everyone's rooting for me and everyone believes in me. I mean, my God, if we're waiting for that, we'll do nothing, right? We'll literally do nothing. So, 
So the life is hard, so what are you going to do about it? The idea of that was, okay, this is my message. Like, my message is going to be, you know what, everybody? Like, you, we got to learn how to, like, keep on, keep on, keep on keeping on, keep on showing up, right? So, you know, I, I, I've mentioned in other episodes, definitely the first episode, I think the, the one that I kind of introduced myself here, um, I mentioned that, you know, my father died when I was 19. And prior to that, I would say that I had a pretty privileged life. You know, I'm not that I was like come from like rich, we weren't rich or whatever, but like I definitely come from a life where I am aware of the fact that like my my parents worked really hard to just like like give me and my brother whatever they thought was going to support us like being who we wanted to be in the world. Let's just put it that way. Like when when I showed an interest in being a performer or taking dancing lessons and, or going to this like ridiculously expensive performing arts camp, <laughs> you know, every summer of my life, my parents um, figured out how to do that. And when my brother showed the the, the slightest aptitude for computers, you know, I know I'm dating us now, but like when war games came out, I don't know if you remember that movie, but like my brother's bedroom looked like the set of war games. My brother, when he was, you know, 10 years old, had more computers in his bedroom on Long Island than, you know, most adult people have ever seen in one place. So, you know, my parents were like really amazing. They, they really, they really provided an unbelievably um, supportive, privileged, sheltered life. And then after my father died, things changed really fast. And I had to get creative really quickly. <laughs> I was like a 19-year-old problem-solving whiz. And I had to do a lot of showing up, even when the behind the scenes were not perfect, right? Because for a, for a few years, like after, you know, there was this point, there was a lot of drama, in my personal life after my father died, um, my mom tried to run my dad's business, but then went bankrupt. We lost the house that I grew up in. Um, so there was a lot of shit going on there. And yet I was in show business. I was in a Broadway show when I was 20. And being in show business, you can't really be like scrappy. Like you have to be rehearsed. You have to be polished. You have to be professional. Like when you go on auditions, if you want to get the job, if you want to get an amazing job, you have to you have to look freaking good, you know? And so there were like years that I was living in sublets, occasionally couch surfing, literally. And during all of those years, like a good decade, my stuff was in storage. I basically would go, I would go visit my stuff in a storage space. And I would, for the most part, bring with me to different sublets. And then I would get a show, for example, out of town and I'd put all my stuff in storage and I'd just go live in, you know, the apartment that I was given, like when I went to work in Cleveland, you know, and I'd live in that apartment. Then I'd come back and I'd get a sublet. And so my stuff was in storage and I was sort of like this vagabond. But when I went on my auditions, I had to show up. <laughs> I had to look polished and well rehearsed and put together, right? So, you know, this was like a running theme in my life was like showing up, you know? I mean, I had lots of shitty boyfriends. I mean, I did not meet my husband until I was 42 years old, right? So we met when I was 42 and I was a single woman in New York City. And when I was in my 30s, man, that is not something I wish on anyone. I, I like it definitely, definitely had a lot of drama, right? And yet 
I was in a lot of shows. I worked all over the country. I had to show up. I had to stay in action. I had to keep going on my auditions and getting the jobs. I had to keep getting money jobs when I wasn't uh, in a show. The show must go on, right? So... And and then even at that point when I was already teaching yoga and having all my crappy boyfriends and breakups and drama, I wouldn't – what was I going to do? Like be like, you know, upset about like some dating situation gone wrong and then call out my yoga class and be like, I can't teach my yoga class. I'm going through a breakup, you know. But I never did that. So, you know, when I, when I go back to, you know, that title, you know, Life is Hard – and what are you going to do? So what are you going to do about it? I, I think that I kind of realized that I have taken my own resilience and my own work ethic and my own show upness for granted because I assumed that everyone already operated that way. And then when I really started paying attention, I realized that that wasn't the case. And that is not because anyone is bad or a slacker or that I'm better than anyone It's a simple fact that human beings' brains are not programmed that way. We're not programmed for the show must go on. We're programmed to dwell in suffering. We're programmed to focus on difficulty and to hone in on what's wrong. We're programmed to look for every single imperfection or what's not exactly perfect and then use it against ourselves to prove how we're not perfect enough, how we're not ready, how somehow we're faulty or we're damaged, and we let those thoughts keep us from showing up. We let those thoughts convince us not to take action. And we are also not taught from an early age, which should be mandatory, how to manage our thoughts and process our emotions. So when you're not born already fortified with resilience and the show must go on mentality and you haven't been trained to manage your thoughts or process your emotions and then make choices about how you want to respond and what actions you want to take as a result of all of the things that are going on in your thoughts and your emotions, it can result in a lot of difficulty in showing up. So if the work that you do requires you to show up, right? If you're if the work that you do in your passion and prosperous business requires you to be center stage and requires you to be the brand and requires you to be the face and requires you to be seen and heard and requires you to be with your client, this can be a bit of a conundrum. So that title, Life is Hard, So What Are You Going to Do About It?, which don't steal it. It is already trademarked and it is going to be the title of my book, right? But that title was about my awakening of how my purpose is to help you and anyone that I can reach, hopefully massive amounts of people, to realize that the most important skill or muscle you can build up is the one where you know how to take action and you know how to show up even when there's shit going on that you didn't ask for, even when there's stuff that's making things less than perfect, even when there are things in your outside world or your external environment that may even be fucked up. But if you have a job to do or a business to run or a class to teach or a show to perform, that you need to know how to rally and act as if things are going well. And again, here's the disclaimer. I'm not talking about like, you know, when someone dies or when you have a funeral to go to or when you're deathly ill or when you're when you're injured 
or when you just need a freaking break. I'm not talking about that. But what I'm talking about is this sort of like day-to-day resilience and ability to show up even though shitty stuff or difficult stuff or things that are unwanted or things that make things less ideal are, are present. And I know, I mean, listen, I work with people and I told you the way, the reason I came to realize that this was such an important thing to teach and model was because of all the people I've been talking to for two decades, including the fact that I now talk to people all day long as a coach. And such a big, important thing that I talk to people about is showing up, showing up, being, being there, being consistent, taking action even when you don't feel like it or you're like bummed or or someone was mean to you or you're having an emotional day or, you know, like times are hard. There's a pandemic, you know, there's shit going on in the outside world. There's, there's, there are atrocities happening. And this is what I've been talking about and teaching for two decades because we still have to do our shit. We still have to, we still have to show up. It doesn't mean that we don't have to be unbelievably caring, compassionate, that we don't feel everything, that we don't want to take action, that we don't want to be good citizens, that we don't want to, you know, um, have causes, that we don't want to feel deeply, um, that all of those things are also true, but none of them can make it impossible for you to show up. So, you know, here's the beauty, though, of doing the kind of work that we do. When you are doing your work, all of the seeming in the moment problems, troubles, struggles, they actually go away. When you actually show up and when you're actually doing your important work and you're in the zone, you're in the flow state, when you're doing what you're great at, when you're doing what you love, your relationship to reality and your perspective adjusts. Your lens adjusts. And in those moments, you realize that There can be more than one thing going on at the same time. That you can simultaneously be experiencing many different things. Because that is actually how your brain works. It's just that no one, or maybe, I shouldn't say no one, I don't want to make assumptions about you. Maybe you're just listening to this and nodding and agreeing with me, which would also be awesome. But if this is news to you, what I'm telling you is that it's okay because no one tells you this. No one teaches you this. No one teaches you that like the landscape of your mind is huge. It contains everything. It contains every amazing thing. And it also contains every limiting belief and everything that's causing you pain and suffering. And you can either focus on all the pain and suffering, right? Or you can widen your lens and you can see that simultaneously there's some other really awesome stuff happening. Things are going well for you. There are plenty of things that are going well for you while you also know that there are some things that maybe are not going the way you want. So, you know, why did I want to bring this to you? Well, because in this, in this, you know, tiny, insignificant and, and kind of unimportant moment of me deciding to go ahead and record today, you know, woohoo, right? I just saw this opportunity to talk to you about showing up and taking imperfect action. Because you know life would definitely have gone on if I didn't record today, right? And I'm really glad I did because I know myself and I know that I don't like feeling like I'm kind of behind the eight ball. 
I love the fact that, like, I've got some episodes, like, in the can. I like being ahead of the game. So I could have not recorded today, and no one would have died. Nothing would have happened, right? But I'm glad I showed up for me because it was worth it to me. And especially if you're listening to this, hopefully we're like, we, we put it out into the world. I showed up for you. Now, I know that a little COVID congestion, right, doesn't compare to some of the other bigger things that we face and go through in our life. And if you're a coach, a creative, a service-driven entrepreneur, showing up kind of no matter what is a muscle that I think you want to build. And again, I'm not saying not to rest or take days off or tend to your life. But I also know that you want to have, if you want to have this life and this business, right, and be your own boss and use your gifts and skills and build a brand that is built on your amazingness, your talent, what you bring to the table, right, you are the one who has to be you. And think about it this way. You are the one that your clients, your students, and your raving fans want to see and hear from. They will take no substitutes. And that's a good thing. It's a lot of pressure, but that's what comes with the territory. That's literally what comes with like passionate and prosperous life and business. So here's what you will always hear me coming back to, that your, your passionate and prosperous life and business relies on you having practices and tools that help you to manage your mind and process your emotions so that you can show up. And so what are those things? Well, it's having your morning practices, right? For me, it's morning. If it's a different time of day for you, that's, that's, that's fine. But when I say the morning practices, I say what I mean by that is every single morning I wake up and I manage my mind and I process my emotions. And maybe I have to do that multiple times a day in order to show up, right? Maybe I do have to do that especially if I'm in a heightened time where there's shit going on. I mean, my whole 2021 feels like there was shit going on, you know, um, with, in my personal life, with my mom being ill and having, and I helped move her to Texas and, oh my God, it was a crazy year where I had to keep canceling things and, and, and moving dates of programs. And I mean, oh my God, talk about showing up, um, and having to be flexible and having to like, be willing to like rethink and re-strategize and, and keep telling myself that like, not only was it okay, but it was better. Okay. So having your morning practices, um, meditation, silence, affirmation, journaling. I mean, you got to, if you want to be a coach or a creative or a service driven person who helps other people, and a big part of your work is to show up for other people, you must know how to manage yourself and, and, not, and not merge that or confuse that so that you can be, especially if you're a coach, you've got to be able to show up for someone else as a clear channel. You can't bring your shit to your work, your relationships. So it is a muscle worth strengthening. To be able to show up and teach the class, do the thing, be with your client, immerse yourself in someone else, be there for someone else if that's your job, while also knowing that you may have other stuff going on in your life. And, and you have to learn what to do about that. And that's why, you, you know, look, it may also be, it may be having a coach. I'm never without a coach. 
It may be having a therapist. I'm married to a psychoanalyst, okay? It's all about how you care for yourself. You are responsible if you are the entrepreneur, if you are the person who it all depends on, if you're the person who has to show up, if you're the person who everyone's going to be disappointed about not being the one (laughs) who's there, if that's you, you have an obligation, you have a responsibility to take care of yourself, to take care of your body, to take care of your mind, and to take care of your soul. So you have to know what those things are because in order for you to show up, you've got to be doing all of those things. It takes work to be you, right, at at the highest level. It takes work for you to show up and it takes work for you to build up that resilience muscle and that which is going to help you to keep being able to take action and keep being able to be who you need to be in order to do the things that you need to do so that you can have the things that you want to have. And the bottom line is for all of us that are here in the world of passion and prosperous, we are our greatest commodity. And so you got to know how to work with that. You got to know how to work with you so that you can show up. And if you know that you, that you struggle with things like perfectionism or I'll be ready when, if you know that if it were you with congestion and, you know, I'm just going to come right out and say it because it's going to be edited out. But a few minutes ago, while I was recording this right before we were here at the end, I had like a huge coughing fit. <laughs> You're not going to hear it because it's going to be edited out. But, you know, if you wouldn't have even shown up to record because you were like sounded, you know, <clears throat> whatever, I want you to think about that. I want you to look at that. I want you to trust that like you've got to show up and that being authentic and being real and knowing how to like kind of rise above some shit, if that's what it takes for you to like show up and deliver and be in service and allow the work that you do and the connection that you make with other people when you're doing it to fill you up and nurture you and help you to deal with the shit that comes up in life. That's what you need to do. You have a gift of being who you are because the work that we do is work that when we're doing it for other people, it's also therapeutic for us. So I know for me that doing what I do and using my gifts and my skills and my passion is the greatest medicine for literally anything and everything. I can't think of one time in my life, whatever I was going through, where showing up and doing my work wasn't the thing that got me through it. But the thing is, you got to be able to get to that place where you can show up and do it. And then you'll reap all the benefits. Then you'll, you'll know what it is that I'm talking about. And you may already know what I'm talking about. So... That's what I got for you today. That's my, uh, the COVID special, you guys. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Um, I am going to give my shameless plug for Out of Overwhelm. 
um, out of overwhelm and into action is still enrolling. I think by the time you hear this, it'll be mid-Feb. There's still time for you to join. I'm going to say at the time of this recording, there are 12 women enrolled in this program. I would imagine by the time you're listening, there will be more. There may only be one spot left. So here's the coolest thing I just want to tell you. A lot of people have been scheduling calls with me and have been reaching out to me from listening to the show. Um, So if you are hearing me and you're like, oh my God, I know that I should do Out of Overwhelm and Into Action, um, please, please reach out to me. You know, please let me know. At least then I'll know and you'll know. And energetically, we'll be able to sort of talk to the universe together and see if like we're supposed to make it happen, you know? So anyway, it is happening. Um, Reach out to me. Send me messages. uh, Email me. I just love it. It makes me so happy because, you know, when you record a podcast, you literally don't know who's listening unless they tell you. So um, let me know if that's you. I would love to hear from you. And, um, And with that, I am signing off. And I have a really great feeling that the next time I record, I will not be congested and I'll be back to sounding like my absolutely a bullion, clear-voiced, clear-nasal-passaged self. (laughs) All right, everybody, signing off. Love you. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure to click the follow or subscribe button on your platform of choice. And if that happens to be Apple, it's the little plus sign on the top right. You'll get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. And in case you didn't know, ratings and reviews are key to helping me grow this show and reach more passionate and prosperous people. On Apple, stars are great, but a written review is gold. And Spotify is slowly rolling out their rating system for the first time. So please keep an eye out for when you have that feature and hit me up with some stars when you see it. Stay tuned for next week's episode with a special guest, Jocelyn Rose Settle, who is an environmental wellness advocate, lifestyle mentor, and a graduate of Out of Overwhelm and Into Action. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.